You might have seen some news about Israel lately. And uh, so I was, I'm going to do a last day's overview. It'll only take 100 hours, so sit back. <laughs> it's a brief overview. Because <laughs> there's tons and tons and tons and tons of stuff about the last days and all the things that are happening. Uh, but I'm going to start with something a lot of people like ending with, but I like starting with it. This is the gospel. Uh, it says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. What is that? What's the word gospel means? Good news. Like when I, uh, Friday night, not Friday night, Saturday night, last night, uh, we went out with eight of us. Two people, first time they came out, like one person uh, goes to church here and she goes, I want to come out with you guys, see what you do. So she came out and another person came out that had never been with us. And uh, I, I went with one of the new persons and somebody else went with another ones. And we went, eight of us broke out into four groups of two share the gospel in, in a place that I've only been to twice. It's called Tampa Premium Outlets. Anybody ever heard of that? Uh, we went there. It's outside, but the weather was good. So we walked around, uh, witnessed the people. We had 19 people trust Christ um, in our four groups. So that was neat. So each group had at least one. Uh, so I thought that was good, sharing that gospel of Christ. Not everybody understands what the gospel of Christ is. Uh, we met somebody that didn't want to listen to it because they gave a different gospel, which is not another. It's warning from Galatians 1, 8, and 9 because they uh, don't believe Jesus is God. They, well, they had a wrong gospel, but we were giving out the clear gospel. Crystal clear grace, and, wh and what does that mean? It's the power of God. That was the word dunamis, where we get the word dynamite. But you know what I forgot to do? Start in the word prayer. So <laughs> rewind. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, thanks for this time we can look at your word and understand these things so we can be excited, to be enthusiastic, to be edified and uh, encouraged to share the good news of Christ in, in these times when we're getting closer and closer to all the things mentioned in prophecy. And bless each and everyone here to have a, a great night. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Plus all the people that are watching online. Uh, the power. That word power, dunamis, where we get the word dynamite. So it's what saves us, that good news. What is that good news? Salvation. What is salvation? Being delivered from the penalty of hell. I don't want that. To the perfection of heaven where you get eternal life. That's salvation. To everyone that Gives 10% tonight, 5% comes to me. No, uh, it's not how much you give. It's, uh, it's not how much you work. It's to everyone that believeth. I like to give illustrations. I'll, I'll go through that in a minute. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. It went to them, the good message focused on them. Now it's on the church. Uh, but it's going back to them in, in the tribulation. For I deliver unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins. You've got to remember, this is Paul writing this. Did he always believe this? No, he threw people in jail for this stuff. Uh, now he's saying it. How that Christ, this, you think that would be easy for him to change his mind? He's out there with warrants to arrest people that believe this. Now he's out doing it. How that Christ died for our sins. I mean, he probably had, when he first said that, he probably had a little knot in his throat. <laughs> And then he admitted it. He died for my sins, but I was arresting people for this. Uh, according to the scriptures. He knew the scriptures, but he didn't put it together. And that he was buried. He, he, knew, he believed Jesus was buried, but he didn't believe this next part. And that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Paul figured it out when he met him on the road to Damascus. Is that a road you want to be on right now? In Syria? No, <laughs> Not currently, but uh, that, I think that was, that's awesome. And here's what I do when I go up to people. Um, different people have different openings. Well, like when I go to the mall, I give them the gospel. What, what does that mean? Because most people have no idea what the gospel is. Most people don't have any idea about very much about the Bible. So I go up to, like, teenagers. Uh, example, two high school kids that were, I think, 11th grade. They said, hey, hey guys, 
Could I share with you the best news I've ever heard in my life? And I'm with another guy, and this is a, a friend of mine, George, and uh, I want to share with you the, awesome, the most awesome free gift you could ever get. And a lot of teenagers are like, well, what, do you, what is it? Because they want to find out, what's this old guy talking about? Uh, so it's like, uh, let me share with you some awesome news. Then I ask him a question. Is there anything bad about knowing that God loves you? Because I, I try to make it all positive at the beginning. Is there anything bad? Most of them are like, no. That's not always true, but 99% of the time, they're going to say, no, nothing bad about God, knowing that God loves me. So then I ask him a, a question, a diagnostic question. It's one, uh, one I like to use. So I said, if you, if you were, uh, if I ask you a question, do you hope you're going to go to heaven? Do you know you're going to go to heaven? Or you don't think about it? Which one of those three is true for you? Do you hope, do you know for sure, or you don't think about it? And I've, he I've heard all three answers. Uh, those two guys were like, oh, well, I, I hope. Other people said, well, I don't, I don't even think about it. Uh, or they say, I know. Like one kid goes, oh, I know I'm going to heaven. The other, his other friends are like, well, I hope. And I ask him, well, okay, the one that knows. Well, if you knock on heaven's door, and God says, why should I let you in? What would you say to God? He goes, well, you know, I, I go to church. I read my Bible. I help uh, poor people. I uh, obey my, I'm pretty good. Not always, but I try to obey my mom and dad pretty good. Uh, and I, I, uh, I think I'm a, I'm a pretty good person. So I said, who do you trust to get you to heaven? He goes, well, me. Because he said, when he started all his sentences with I, 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 I. So who are you trusting? Trusting in me. So I said, okay, let me go over an illustration. And I use this illustration. And I don't use a piece of wood. Uh, I know Trent used big sin, but I only got little sin. <laughs> I, I actually don't use a piece of wood. I use a phone because I'm out in a mall or something like that, and I don't want to attract uh, security telling us to get out. For, can't do that. So I just use the phone because everybody and their, and their grandma has a phone out, so uh, it doesn't attract any attention. So I use phone as a sin. So I, I use this illustration. And I, some of the techniques I use, I always like to have interrogative questions to get them to participate. I also like to put my hand at eye level so I can see my hand and their eyes at the same time. Because I, I, like I, I tell the kids, hey, I was a teacher for 27 years. I like to use an audiovisual illustration like teachers use. So you get not just the hearing, but you get the seeing. And when you get them talking, it's also participation. So you go from like 30% to 60% to 80% understanding. You get much better when you do all three of them. So that's why I do it instead of just like just saying it without doing anything visual. You only get like 30%. You get kids that have ADHD that wander off. Those guys were with me uh, last night sharing the gospel at the outlet, and um, he's from Bolivia, missionary, South America. I thought I'd just mention that just in case. Uh, his name is Case. I threw a pun out there. <laughs> you might notice I might do that a little bit. Uh, so here's the illustration. You guys have seen it. It's a really good illustration, especially when we're getting in the last days. So if this is us and this is sin, I'm going to put the sin on us to show that we all have sin. God loves us, but he hates the sin because it separates us from God. So that's point number one. You could go over Romans 3.23. Point number two, the penalty of sin is death in hell. I, well, first I say, I sin. I like to include me first because I don't want to say, hey, you're a dirty, rotten sinner. I don't want to start with that. I want to say, I sin. Have you sinned? And I get the interrogative question. They say, yeah, I, everybody has. And I, then I said, the penalty of sin is death, fire forever. I don't want to go to hell. Do you, you want that penalty? I, I don't want that penalty. Do you want that penalty? Another interrogative question. Why? Because I want them to participate. And especially if I see one of the kids that are like dozing off into uh, oblivion. Uh, so I say, hey, how about you? I, get the, I get, grab their attention. If you're, in a, if, you, if you're in school, you probably notice that some teachers try to ask questions around the room, especially the kids that are not paying attention. So that's one of the techniques I use. Uh, do you want the penalty for that sin? No. But God says, heaven is not good. Heaven is perfect. I'm not perfect. 
are you perfect? And usually they say, no. Sometimes you might get a junior high kid goes, yeah, but then his friends were like, yeah. Stop being junior high-ish or whatever. But, uh, <laughs> so everybody's a sinner, and then nobody's perfect. And 99% of the people admit nobody's perfect. So that's a problem. Like when I taught math, if you can't understand what X is talking about, then you, don't, you can't solve it. So the problem is we all got sin. And if we have good works, does that get rid of the sin? It's still there. Good works don't get rid of sin because the penalty of sin is death, not good works. So we're, we got a problem. If that's all that was true, nobody would go to heaven. So I said, let my right hand represent Jesus Christ. He came down out of heaven and he died on a what? Again, I asked an interrogative question. Why? To get them to participate in the conversation, to get them focused. So he came down out of heaven and died on a what? He said, cross. I said, when I, was your, when I was like 10, if somebody asked me, you believe Jesus died on the cross? I go, yeah. And if they say, well, what did that do for you personally? I'm like, I don't know. I, yeah, he died on the cross. Pay for sin. Yeah. What's that do for you? I don't know. Because nobody ever told me what it did for me, just like what it did for the world. What did that, how does that apply to me? Nobody told me. So I, I give them, and some of them ask, well, I don't know either. So it's like, okay, I'll see you later. I'm not going to tell you. No, uh, I, I said, here, here's the answer. He took our penalty. He took our death penalty. And I like to, I like to use this illustration. You know the person next to you, but would you die for that person? And I usually say, like, don't say it out loud. You might, they might get mad at you. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> so that's a lot of love. Somebody died for you. He died for you, and he rose again, and he wants to give you a free gift. And I'm usually in a mall, and I look around. It's like, is there a lot of free stuff around here? Maybe a piece of chicken from the Chinese <laughs> store or restaurant. That's about it. Uh, so that's about it. You're still like, there's not a lot of free stuff around here. Like K Jewelers is not going to give you a free diamond. Uh, so I say, well, you know what? Jesus wants to give you the best free gift ever. And then I show him a heaven track like we have back there. And I, I go over the verse, 1 John 5, 13. You know how you get that free gift? You've got to believe. Like you get in a school bus. What are you going to believe the school bus driver is going to get you? To school, right? Do you hope you're going to go there or do you know you're going to get there? If your friend goes, hey, where are we going? We're going to school. Are you sure? I'm not sure. Well, I wouldn't be on the bus if I wasn't sure. <laughs> so I'm trusting the school bus driver to get me where? To school. You know you're going, yeah, because you're trusting the school bus driver. That same kind of trust. Would you trust what Jesus did on the cross, that he rose again for you when he shed his blood? Would you trust him to get you where? To heaven, because, and I go over the verse, 1 John 5, 13. These things have I written unto you that, then I ask him interrogative questions. What's the B word? And usually they can read. So they say, believe. So what do you got to do? To get that free gift, you got to believe. If I, if I said, here's a $100 bill, and you just look at it and walk away, do you have it? No, because you didn't what? You didn't take it. Well, how do we take eternal life? We've got to believe. And I show them the verse, and I get them to read it. You've got to believe on the name of the Son of God. That's Jesus. That's you, May. What's the K word? And then they got to figure it out. And they say, no. And I said, no. No. <laughs> You can know, not hope, wonder, or guess, like some of them say. Well, I hope. Not hope, wonder, guess. You can know. Just like you know you're going to school, you can know you're going to heaven because you're trusted in more trustworthy than the school bus driver. You're trusted in Jesus. You can know you have what? And I look at the last two words. What's the last two words? What is it? Ooh, somebody knows the verse. Uh, eternal life. Does it say hope, wonder, or guess? No, it says you can know you have eternal life. So, I asked them, would you believe in Jesus? Would you put your trust in Jesus? Because a minute ago you said you hoped you had eternal life. So would you change your mind and believe in Jesus so you can know you have eternal life? And they think about it. One of them said, like, yeah. And the other one's like, uh-uh. So I go over that. I show them there. Would you do that so you can know it? It's a simple free gift. He doesn't force you. God, Jesus doesn't say you have to take it right now. He offers it you freely. You can say no. Say, I'd rather go spend in fire forever. You can say, you can, you can reject it. He doesn't force you. But would you accept that free gift? I'm not giving it to you, but Jesus is. Would you accept it? And he said, thought about it, he goes, yeah. So I said, then I asked him some more diagnostic questions. Many years from now, when you die, when you're 120, I used to say, if you were to die right now, would you, uh, but now it sounds like it's a terror threat. So uh, <laughs> I say, you know, many years from now, like when you're 120, when you die, uh, where are you going to go? So they say, oh, heaven. Then I say, well, because of who? 
And if they say, well, because of me, then we've got to go over it all over again. <laughs> so it's because of Jesus. So you can know you have eternal life. Now you know you have eternal life. And then I ask them another diagnostic question to see if they're thinking straight. If I don't ever see you again, where will I see you one day? Uh, next week at the mall? No. <laughs> the other kid looks at him and goes, come on, in heaven. <laughs> so then they go, oh, yeah, I'll see you in heaven. And then it's like, awesome. I might do the old person thing, shake hands, or, or do that, uh, the younger thing. I don't know if they got a, a newer one now. But that's, uh, is that the new greeting? Or they got a different one? Okay. Slap. Okay. I don't keep up with the, the, the current, current, current. But uh, I try to keep up with some of them. Uh, but we had eight, 19 Trust Christ last night. I think uh, if you add up the last two months, two months and a week or two, uh, we had like 300. And uh, it's not just me, because we had eight people, nine people break up in different groups. Uh, and this guy down here has uh, the number two record on a Friday night where he had like 45 Trust Christ in his, his uh, team of two when they went to uh, Gaither. It was that, that school over there. But uh, he has like 45. The only one that beat him is his uncle. He got 50 at Plant High School. Uh, so, but hey, I lead the team, so I'm the coach. <laughs> got to have a quarterback and a running back and stuff like that. So, uh, so I, I think it's awesome going out witnessing because a lot of people that I know led many, many people to the Lord, but they never did it like in a mall and went up to kids they never met before. Uh, so it, I think it's easy, easy fishing because kids are a lot more easy to talk to than people my age. If I go up to a, a group of people my age, hey, can I share with you the best news ever? And they're like, eh, I don't know who you are. Go away. <laughs> they're grumpy. Grumpy old men. So uh, it's harder. So I'd rather like catching a whale or a bunch of whales. I'd rather catch the, the easy fish. <laughs> so like if I ask how many people trust Christ before they're 18? Most people raise their hand. How many people trust Christ after they're 25? It's like, not that many. I mean, I had people trust Christ when they're in their 80s, but it's rare. So that's why, that's what I did last night, the gospel, to share with them so they don't have to go through what's coming up next because we get to go out and leave this place. When I mean, we see the taste of it. It's, it's, it's got nasty. Uh, it says, and he shall set an ensign, uh, a uh, flag uh, uh, for the nations, and shall assemble the outcast of Israel. What happened in AD 70? Israel got kicked out by uh, a guy named Titus. And when they, I heard that in Israel, he said, Titus uh, dispersed Israel. I'm like, who? Titus? It's like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, and I know the history pretty good, but like, then I thought about this guy's like, going from Hebrew to English, and he says to two, so I go, huh? Titus? Oh, okay. <laughs> Speak English. <No. laughs> we were in Israel, so I can't really say that. But, uh, so it's like they kicked them out, and that was prophesied, and gathered together, and that's prophesied, dispersed of Judah from the four corner, corners of the earth, north, south, east, west. They went all over the place, from South America, North America, Europe, Africa, Asia. They, the Jews got dispersed. Um, and I have a magazine from 1938, Life, you ever heard of Life magazine? Uh, and there was an article in there, they were interviewing some Jewish people in Germany. I think this was the beginning of the pogroms, like where Kristallnacht was just starting. Uh, and they were saying, one day we're going to go back to our land. We don't know when, but we, uh, we know what the Bible says, and he's talking about the Old Testament, that the Bible says they're gonna, we're going to go back. So they knew before it happened, it was prophesied. Now he's like, when he was being interviewed, he's like, probably won't be in my lifetime, but we know one day we're going to go back to our land. And saying to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen. That's us. <laughs> like, what? Heathen? Whether they be gone, and we will gather them on every side and bring them into their own, what? So who, who gave it to them? God did. So you can't. Who, whose right do they have to have that land? 
God, who's better at giving out land than the one that made it? He created the land, so he created the earth. So he can give to whoever he wants. And I will make them one nation. Remember, they split under uh, King um, Solomon when he, his two sons, Rehoboam, uh, remained in Judah. And then the other guy, uh, Jeroboam, jumped up north to ten kingdoms. That's how I remember which ones. Rehoboam remained, and Jeroboam jumped up north. Uh, so mnemonic. Then uh, it says, in the land upon the mountains of Israel. Like, I didn't realize it was so mountainous. Like, we don't have very, we only have a couple mountains in Florida. I think uh, uh, Thunder Mountain, Space Mountain. But <laughs> 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 uh, uh, so, but Israel's got mountains all over the place. Uh, Mount Hermon has got snow on it. And then you got the ones around Jer- Jerusalem. Moriah, Mount uh, Zion, Mount uh, Avalos. So it says, And one king shall be king to them all, and they shall be no more two nations, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms anymore. So in AD 70, they got destroyed. The, the temple got knocked down. Titus didn't actually want them to do that, but they were really mad at the Jews, so they destroyed the temple. Every rock of that temple was like knocked on uh, off the other rocks. Uh, and in, in May 14, 1948, like 10 years after that uh, interview with those guys, they became a country again after the Balfour Declaration, after World War II, after the Holocaust. You can go to the Holocaust Museum in Israel, see 1.5 million lights were 1.5 million children were killed in the Holocaust. Four and a half million adults, uh, Jewish people. The final solution was to get rid of all Jews on the planet. Is there, an, is there anybody else that still wants to do that? Yes. They don't want to just land. That's not the main thing. They always want to kill all the Jews. And that's not, you know, how are you going to reason with people like that? We want to kill every one of you. Well, uh, let's, let's deal. Only kill half of us. No. Like, that's not, you can't deal with that. But uh, they became a country again, and God says they won't be kicked out of their land. But will some really bad things hurt, happen? If you heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me, you were. We're in that, that dispensation now. We call it the church age. It's not in the, the, that phrase is in the, not in the Bible, but this one is the dispensation of the grace of God. We're in the dispensation of grace, uh, which we call the church for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and then Christ shall rise first. I know a pastor went into a Baptist church and said, you guys get to go to heaven before the church across the street. Said, what? We get to go to heaven first? Yeah, because you're the dead in Christ. No. <laughs> uh, not the... <laughs> you go, oh, uh, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. So if, if you're alive when this happens, you don't, need, you don't get to die. Uh, I mean, most people can die once. But if you're saved and you get to hit this, you don't, ha- you don't die at all. And to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. We title this the rapture. It says, caught up, caught up. So we use that phrase. Uh, equivalent would be rapture. But you go, the word rapture is not in the Bible. Well, caught up is, so that, that's right there. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. You know this, this flesh right here? This skin? This stuff that's starting to get wrinkles and stuff? It's like, what? Uh, when I was a kid, I was like, yeah, what don't worry about that stuff, but then all of a sudden it starts happening. Uh, this, this is not going to get fixed. He's not going to fix these, these cells. He's going to give us a brand new body. We get a whole new kitten caboodle, enchilada, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I show you a mystery. I mean, it's a, something that hasn't been revealed until, until then. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. I know that's on the nursery at the end of the hall. We should not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. But uh, 
that is everybody gets a brand new body that goes to heaven. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, like I like science, so uh, light travels at 186,282 miles per second, goes around the world seven times in one second. How long does it take it to bounce off your eye? Twinkling of an eye. That's, I don't know, micro nanosecond. second. Uh, it's, it's extremely quick. Uh, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. This body is corruptible. We get, I mean, your skin like falls off every 28 days and you get all the skin cells and, and uh, most of your cells regenerate. Somebody said brain cells don't regenerate, but I think they do, just not that fast. Uh, it says, for this corruptible, that's this sinful body, must put on incorruption. We get a 100% brand new body, like Jesus. It says in 1 John 3, 2, uh, what we know, mm, I just messed it up. Um, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for sh we shall see him as he is. I just like quoted the last half of that verse. What's the first half? Beloved, is that, that's not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. I had to regenerate a couple of brain cells there. <laughs> uh, it says, we have to put on incorruptible, just like Jesus Jesus didn't have to put on incorruptible. He already had incorruptible, but he just got his glorified body, and we're going to be like what they saw him as. So when this corruptible shall have put, have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have, put out, shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass a saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. That's in the Old Testament. You know, most uh, tons and tons of quotes in the New Testament are from the Old Testament. I didn't realize that when I was a teenager. I was like, hey, this is said back here, and this is said back here. And it happens hundreds of times, and it's probably thousands. And here's an overview, because you could spend hours and hours and hours on each little section here. You, we, we got the rapture. Everybody's gone, kind of like uh, at ranch many years ago. I think it was in the 70s. They were talking about the rapture, and, and a, a high school kid fell asleep. So I think it was Hank. It's like, shh. And he, everybody out walked outside, outside the windows. Somebody had a trumpet. <laughs> He's sitting there sleeping. And all of a sudden he goes, <laughs> Kid wakes up, and everybody's gone. <laughs> uh, that would have been interesting. I heard about that meeting. I wasn't at it. But that would have been pretty interesting to be at the last Trump and say, oh, everybody's gone. Uh, so the, the seven-year tribulation, the Christians and Satan is going to send a lie that most people are going to believe. I don't know what that lie is. I mean, if we knew what it was, then it would be easier to tell that that was a lie. I don't know whether it's going to be some kind of uh, pre-designed some disease that makes people's flesh dissolve or uh, aliens from outer space. Uh, uh, they made a deal with uh, the leaders of the world to take out so many people so we wouldn't destroy the earth. Who knows? You could come up with uh, all different kinds of theories. I don't know what Satan is going to use, but he's going to come up with a lie, and the Antichrist is going to be pushing that out, and everybody's going, oh, and the Antichrist is going to do some amazing miracles because Satan do miracles? Did, what did Satan do? He made some snakes out of rods when Moses made a snake out of a rod. And the, and the magicians made a couple snakes out of the rod, except for God's snake ate the other ones. <laughs> Whoa, we couldn't do that one. Uh, so they might do counterfeit miracles, but they aren't the quality and the truth of God's. So in Revelation, you can, you can study all about the seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven bowls, and all the different things that are happening the, from the uh, QR code, or like you can buy and sell a credit card uh, or a QR code or whatever. You can just buy and sell. Now they can tap it. You just tap it on the, on the, the chip reader. Pretty soon you can just put it in your 
hand or your forehead and just tap it. And then, uh, boom, you, can, you don't need any money. You ever see those little uh, video things? That, like, we don't take cash anymore. It's got to be a credit card. Uh, will that happen in the future? I, I, yeah, you, it's described. You can't buy or sell without that number. And uh, it says uh, a day's wages for food. Well, I thought that's what it is now. But <laughs> just look at public. <laughs> it's, it's close, uh, but it's going to be really bad. What we see now is just a little taste of what's going to happen. The, the, the diseases. Have we had any new diseases come up lately? Seems like you got a different flavor of the same one every couple months. You got to get that for that one, for that one, and that one. And then who knows? Uh, I mean, how many different, if, if you go back a couple years, Ebola and all those other ones, seems like all these weird things are jumping out of the animal kingdom into the humans. Uh, earthquakes, we have more earthquakes. If, when they, they uh, talked about how, how all the different earthquakes around the world are, are there's an uptick in how many there are. Uh, volcanoes. I was in the Philippines in 91. And then a couple months after I left, Mount Pinatubo, just because it left a little explosive. No, I uh, did. It exploded right by uh, Clark Air Force Base, where I visited, uh, in, I think, in March. And then went in June. Anybody remember Mount Pinatubo? Too far back. 91. You're like... Eight. But uh, those kind of things, we got hurricane, we got all the different kinds of stuff uh, the Bible talks about. And it says there's, uh, you got the two witnesses that are the ones that get the, the gospel out, and, pe- and 144,000 Jewish men are going to trust Christ, and they're going to get out, they're going to get the gospel out to like uh, multitudes. Uh, and, uh, and when I read this, I was like, what? It says uh, the, these people are going to be beheaded. It's like when I read this in the 70s, I'm like, nobody does that. Well, this, is, this is not France in the 1700s. Nobody guillotines people. I didn't realize there are people that cut people's heads off today. It's like uh, just the, uh, the level of violence, the Antichrist. Who is it? If you pick out somebody's name, I, I'm pre, I would say I'm 99.999% sure that's not it. Because he doesn't get revealed until later, during, turn, during the tribulation. So, well, I think it's this guy. I think it's this guy. I think I don't know who it is. So I'm not going to say somebody, when the Bible says he doesn't get revealed until later. And then he got the false witness, the false prophet. So he's got a, a religious leader backing him up. Who that is, I don't know. People come up with this world religion leader, whoever, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but it's going to be some leader that is a, a major religious leader that people are going to listen to him and also to the Antichrist. And it's like the uh, unholy trinity with Satan in there. And it's going to be really bad. At the end of that seven-year tribulation is the war of Armageddon in the valley of Megiddo. You can go to Israel today and there's a big valley uh, miles and miles and miles and miles are all flat land. And so that's where the war is made, the, the, the powers of the world, the north is going to come down. It's like, who is north? If you draw a line in Jerusalem, you take a string and you go up to the North Pole and you run that string. Oh, look, you're running right through Moscow. Uh, interesting. It says uh, in Ezekiel 38, Moscow and Tobolsk, or uh, Meshach and Tobolsk, and uh, I know Dr. Lindstrom believed from his studies that was Moscow and a city called Tobolsk. I think it's the uh, ancient, one of the ancient capitals of Siberia. Uh, and they're going to come down, says they're going to come on horses, but the Hebrew word is swift in flight. Another place in the Bible, it... it uh, translates it, sparrows. Well, you really can't have army guys on a sparrow. Might be able to have them on a falcon. An F-16. Uh, but, uh, or, or many other ones. It says they come, they, they ascend. Ezekiel 38 says they ascend and they come over like a cloud. World War II, they had that thousand plane raid. And people were like, it was a cloud of airplanes coming across. So you could just 
picture a huge army like Russia coming down, then out of the east, 200 million. It's like there wasn't 200 million people on the planet when that was written. It's like, how in the world are you going to get that number? Well, does China have that? Yeah. And if China and India put together, you'd have that easy. I think India just surpassed China this year with a billion and a half, and the other one had a billion and a half. They're in a population race. But they come over the, 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 the north, then the east, and then the Antichrist is going to go, oh, my turn to get in. So he brings over the west, fighting in the valley of Megiddo, which is the battle, the battle of Armageddon. And the Bible says if that war wasn't stopped, all life on the earth would be dead. What kind of weapons could they use to kill everybody, even in the middle of the ocean uh, on the other side of the world? What would kill all human life? We don't, when that was written 2,000 years ago or 3,000 years ago, bows and arrows and what do they call those, trebuchets, or the things that shoot rocks, uh, you can't kill everybody with those kind of weapons. Even if it had fire on it, it's like, big deal. But do we have weapons today that could kill everybody on the planet? Our country has enough just to kill everybody on the planet by ourselves. We don't even need Russia. Russia has enough to kill everybody, too. And then you got the other countries. Iran's trying to get in on it. But several, I think, I don't know, six or seven countries have nuclear weapons. And we could kill everybody eight times. You only need to do it once. But God, God said in the Bible, if that war wasn't stopped, no life would be alive. I'm glad I'm going to be in, in heaven in the marriage supper of the Lamb and stuff like that when that's going on. Uh, but the world, if you're a Christian during this time, very dangerous, very hard. You, you can't buy and sell it. You're going to have to barter or grow your own. I don't, it's going to be really tough living. Uh, and the Bible says if you persevere till the end, you will be saved in your life. Some people make it through that tribulation alive in their regular body. So they're going to be saved physically from getting their head cut off and stuff like that. So that's, that verse is not talking about eternal salvation. It's talking about being saved from the death and the tribulation. Some people will make it and get to live in their regular body into the millennium. When Jesus comes back with who? With us. You ready? On these flying horses or whatever they are. Coming back to second, with, with Jesus on the second coming? Uh... I'm over there in the back. <laughs> so we get to come back. I don't know what it's going to look like. Uh, I don't, nowhere in the Bible that says the angels have wings, so uh, that's just put in there for artistic effect. I didn't want to spend time erasing all the wings. but. Uh, <laughs> uh, and he's going to be on a white horse. We're going to be on like the white horses, I guess. Uh, Tom will be on white horse, driving. And he can see then. He gets a new body. So coming back with Jesus at the end of that second coming, right before the millennium. And we're coming back, and we're going to stop Armageddon. We're going to stop. What's really crazy to me is the armies of the world are going to train their weapons on God, on Jesus. It's like, yeah, I don't care if you're using a FY-22 Raptor. It's like, yeah, you got the best laser-guided hypersonic missile or the, the, a space war weapon. I don't care what you use. Jesus just go, boop. <laughs> he didn't even do that. It's just like, it just stops. Uh, and they're like, what's going on? Because you can't fight against God. I mean, he made the stars with his fingers. And uh, sun has, puts out more energy than all the nuclear bombs we have in like a second. So, and the design is what, beyond the scope of your wireless imagination. And trying to fight against God is like uh, an ant. It's easier for an ant trying to fight against an elephant. That would be closer than for us trying to fight against God. So uh, just the pride and arrogance of man in weapons of war when Jesus comes back and they're going to say, oh, we reject his authority. So <laughs> you, you're going to lose. You can reject gravity, but you're going to fall down. Uh, 
So they're going to fight against God. He's going to collect all of them and judge them for calling him a liar, like it says in 1 John 5. If you reject the record that God gave his son, you're calling him a what? Liar. So you want to stand up in front of God and call him a liar? That's basically what they're doing. Uh, blasphemy. Are there people that actually today would say, if Jesus stood in front of me, I would say blah, 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 and they would just spew out uh, cursing? I met somebody like that. I said, Jesus loves you. And he goes, if Jesus stood in front of me, I would go blah. And he, he just spewed curses. Uh, so there are, there are people like that. And it's sad. I said, Jesus still loves you. <laughs> but he didn't want to change. Uh, he was like really deep into super bad sin. And it's sad because if he stays that way, and he rejects the free gift of eternal life. Could he still get saved? As long as he's still alive, he could still believe in Jesus. But it didn't look, from what he, he said, uh, I don't think he would ever change his mind. We, we met him on uh, Bayshore Boulevard witnessing. The guy was really messed up. But in the thousand year millennium, we get to live with Jesus on earth, where I'm going to be, am I going to be in Jerusalem or Israel, or will I be in one of the other countries? I don't know. But somewhere on the earth, in my new body, will there be anybody in their regular body? Yeah, the ones that made it through the what? Tribulation, alive. Uh, they didn't die. The Christians that made it through. The unsaved people, even if they lived until the second coming, they were going to be dead right then, because God's going to Kill him at the end of the tri tribulation. Uh, that's the wine press of the wrath of God. I think we have that in a song. Uh, the grapes of wrath. So the millennium starts out with nothing but saved people. But some saved people will have a regular body. So can they get married and have kids? Yeah, because they're going to be in a regular body. So their kids will be born and, and they'll grow up and Jesus will be ruling and reigning from Jerusalem. Will all of them trust in Jesus? What's weird is some of them will reject Jesus, even though he's right there. And, and at the end of the thousand years, some of those are going to be, they're going to be uh, the, the ones that won't believe, even though it's right there. They're going to have the final battle where Satan's going to let, be let out of the uh, bottom of the pit, and he's going to have his final rebellion, and that's going to be put down at the very end of the millennium, and then where God makes a what? A new heavens and a new earth. Uh, if you want to talk about global warming, this is the, uh, the final global warming where it melts with fervent heat. I don't know if you ever uh, uh, studied the, like the, uh, the strong force, what holds the nucleus together, because it was like, what holds the, the, the neutrons with the protons? Neutrons have no charge, and the protons have a positive charge. What, what, what holds them together? And why are the two positive, the, the different positive ones, why are they stick, sticking together? Because they have a huge force trying to push them apart. And uh, that's the energy that's released. Just a little bit of that energy is released in a nuclear explosion. Like, what's holding that? What's the Bible saying? Colossians. By him all things consist. He holds it all. That power is enormous. I mean, I, I've seen some calculations on just a little bit of matter and how much energy is in there. It's nuclear bomb type amounts of energy. And a nuclear bomb only releases a little bit of the plutonium-238, whatever it is. Uh, uranium-238 or plutonium, whatever. Uh, it just releases some of that. Not all of it. And you can see what it does. Think about if God let the whole earth just turn to energy. Because we don't know how to do that. I mean, we know how to change a little bit. But we don't know how to change energy into matter, and then matter back into, or matter into energy, then we definitely don't know how to change energy back into matter. God, it does. That's how God created everything. He just used his energy, made it into matter. 
And it does matter how he did it. So, uh, and, and, it's, and it's beyond our technological advances. And uh, I'm amazed at how God can do things. And he looks at us like, my thoughts are so high above your thoughts. I mean, I, I find calculus hard, and this would be like making calculus like baby math. Uh, it's, it's amazing, God's wisdom. That's why we should trust him, because we can't understand everything about what God does. I mean, I can give illustrations and comparisons, but not to the level of wisdom he has. We get to live in a new heavens and a new earth, that, that new Jerusalem is going to be like 1,440 miles wide, long, and high. 1,440 miles. Like we got the, uh, satellites orbiting at 600 miles. So you're, you're less than halfway up, and you can see satellites going around. <laughs> uh, that's cr- that's uh, awesome. I, I, the earth, and maybe the Earth is going to be a lot bigger. I don't know, but that city is enormous. Like one side was from uh, Miami to New York City, just one side of it. And you go the other way. Then you go up. Uh, we, we only got... Like if you, if you went down the Earth's crust, we had, has anybody ever in the whole history of mankind even gone 10 miles deep in the Earth from where we are uh, below sea level? No. We haven't even gone 10 miles down. 10 miles up is easy. 10 miles down, no, nobody's ever done it. I think Russia has a whole 7 miles deep. That's about it. Uh, and in the ocean, we've gone down, I don't know, 7 miles or something like that. We, nobody's gone 10. 10 miles doesn't seem like that far. I mean... That, I live 11 miles away. Too bad. It would be real bad if I was down because I couldn't get there. But God can do things that are beyond our imagination. Just, just reading the Bible, looking at all the... Because I teach a class called Christian Evidences. I go over uh, prophecies, uh, the proof of the resurrection, scientific facts, historical facts. Uh, there is so many different proofs. Like in Acts 1-3, it says, God gave many infallible proofs. Can you share that with your friends if they say, well, why do you believe that stuff? Because most people don't know. Because my mom said it was true, so I believe it. Uh, That's not a good answer. You should be able to give reasonable explanations. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. The, The good news, a lot of people change their mind with the gospel alone because it's the power of God and the salvation. Uh, Robert, who's back there, was talking to three high school kids that, well, five high school kids. Two girls said they hoped they were going to heaven, and the three boys said they were atheists. But he gave them the gospel, because he was, he was on my team, and it was his turn to share the gospel. And the three, all five of them said they would trust Christ. I mean, three atheist boys in high school changed their mind about being an atheist and trusted in Jesus. Like, I never had three atheists change their mind. You weren't supposed to do that. I was supposed to, no. <laughs> so, Robert, the guy back there, Robert uh, Rodriguez did that. So I thought that was uh, awesome. I still haven't got his uh, three atheists at one time. So keep sharing the gospel. I don't mind if you beat my where I am. He beat me for uh, the football game, so uh, so did his uncle. And I, I got one guy to trust Christ in Jerusalem, 17-year-old. And John is like, hey... So he goes talks to two guys on, a, on a, having coffee, and he gets them to trust Christ. He's like, "Ah, oh, you just doubled me." <laughs> you know, witnessing in Jerusalem this past uh, what was it, Feb- March, February. So that was good. I put on. I put that interview on YouTube. But share that good news so these people can spend eternity with us in the new heavens and the new earth, and they can avoid all that negative stuff. And you can see just a little taste of what that negative stuff looks like. I mean, it, it was. Really, I mean, I, I've been to Holocaust Museum, so I, I knew how bad it could get, but I didn't think it was going to happen again, like now. And this, the same kind of stuff is happening again. And it's like, because oh, they, 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 over, over there, they always say, never again. That's why they're really, really surprised that that happened. And uh, this Tuesday, I think, uh, Boaz, our, our uh, Dr. Arnold's, tour guide, and our tour guide, when Jesse and I were there, uh, it's going to do a, a live tele, uh, phone thingy. What do you call that? When you have a group phone call, live chat or whatever. 
uh, about yeah, a video conference with anybody that wants to join to talk about what, what's going on in Israel, how, you, how we could help as Christians, uh, how we could help the, uh, like the people in the, in the kibbutzes that were destroyed, the ones that survived, and all that kind of stuff. So he's going to be doing a, a live chat Tuesday, I think. His name is Boaz. Uh, and what I thought was interesting, because he's Jewish, and when I put down how many people trusted Christ in the mall uh, the other day, he put a thumbs up. Like, oh. Yankee said may, he, may, he might be changing his mind to become a Christian, because Yankee has witnessed to him before. So I like him because he tells puns. <laughs> so, because we were in Israel, and he goes, you know what the, we call those uh, LEDs in Jerusalem? He said, we call them Israelites. I said, i got to use that one. But uh, on that note, please tell your friends, if you haven't trusted Christ, you can do it right now. And it's not hard. You could email us or whatever if you're on the Internet. I think everybody in here, uh, I believe has, but if you haven't, you don't have to raise your hand or anything, but uh, you could tell one of us and we can... uh, Review it with you, make sure you understand clearly, because it's, it's easy. I trusted Christ when I was 11, so it wasn't hard. God says, allow the little children. It actually says suffer, but that's an old word, but it means to allow. But thank you for listening. Hopefully you're encouraged by the fact that we get to skip this super bad, not necessarily the bad part, but the super bad part. So um, get that good news out. In, in any way, because we do it with the internet, we do it with uh, program things like Awana, like, like they have back here, Sunday school, stuff like that, and I also do it like just meeting people uh, in the mall or things like that. So uh, we need laborers to go into the harvest. Why? Because it's white already to harvest. Let's pray. Father, thanks for this time. We can look at the uh, an overview of the latter days. Help us to realize that we're really close to some of the big things happening and help us to be motivated because once we get taken up in the rapture, we're not going to be witnessing anymore. We can do all the good things, but we can't witness in heaven because everybody already knows it. Uh, Help us to be good witnesses and encouraging, training others to train others to train others and help our church to be uh, be a beacon for a clear gospel of the good news of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection that free gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.